Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The goal of this podcast is to help men find and fulfill their purpose. I'm going to help them be good, strong leaders, good, strong men, good male role models in their communities. I'm going to do that by having conversations. I'm going to invite guests on. I'm going to ask our guests, what is your purpose? What do you think your purpose ought to be? How did you find that purpose? And what do you do every single day? How do you get up, get after it, and go and fulfill that purpose? Today we have a solo episode. I uh, did have a guest plan, but he uh, had kind of a tragic event happen in the family, so uh, he wasn't able to make it on, but I do believe that we will have him on later. Um, but today, I'm going to have a few different things to talk about. Uh, I want to do an I was wrong segment. Uh, I think that'll be kind of cool, maybe towards the end of the podcast, doing I was wrong segment. I think uh, it's incredibly important to acknowledge the places that you were wrong. Uh, acknowledge ways that you've been incorrect. I think a lot of people have this uh, this perception of me, which I've probably rightfully earned, that I'm pretty, I don't know if close-minded is the word, but stubborn, and that I always want to be right, and that I always think that I'm right. Uh, and my reply to that is typically yes, and yes, I do always want to be right, because who wants to be wrong? Um, nobody wants to be wrong. I like being proven wrong. Uh, well, I don't really like being proven wrong, but uh, the, the silver lining of being wrong is that I get to be right now. <laughs> if I acknowledge that, uh, that I was wrong, then that means I get to be right now. Uh, I just change my opinion and then I get to be right. Um, yeah, who wants to be wrong? I don't, I, I don't, I don't get that. But anyway, uh, the, the mass perception of, of me, I think in a lot of different areas, uh, is that, you know, I, want to be right all the time and that I typically don't don't let other people be right. I think that's what the way a lot of people think about me and I know that I've earned that uh, in a lot of scenarios because I fight pretty hard for the things that I believe to be correct. Uh, and you know, I don't just lay those down easily. but I, I have done quite a bit of, of mind changing. Uh, recently, especially within the past, I don't know, about six months or a year. Uh, and so I want to acknowledge that. So we're going to have a little segment towards the end of the show called I Was Wrong. And I'm just going to talk about the things that I was wrong on and uh, share my perspective. So, uh, but the main portion of this episode, the main topic of this episode is going to be uh, how, how to articulate your opinions and some of the crutches that people try to use to do that and how not to fall into that into that trap. Um, this isn't an incredibly uh, curated episode, as none of mine really are. Uh, kind of had to come up with this topic last minute because I wasn't able to find a guest, but um, we're going to go ahead and get into it. I'm going to set the scene for you. Uh, when, at work, my, my nine to five, where I go and do project management things. Uh, just by the way, I'm not a project manager. I do like assistant project management. I may have said uh, when I say I do project management, people think that, oh, like I'm a project manager. No, that's just easier than telling people that I'm a project control scheduler because nobody has any clue what that is. But everybody kind of knows what project management is. So um, if you've ever gotten the impression that I am a project manager, I'm not. Um, I'm not yet. I do like assistant project management stuff. Uh, but anyway, beside the point. When I go to my nine to five where I do things with capital projects and paperwork and push pencils all day, well, not even pencils, I haven't written anything down in like two years, I'd push a mouse, um, type things down. Uh, when I go and I do that, I'm surrounded by people that have quite a bit more experience than I do. Uh, I'm the youngest one there, uh, especially in the office setting by far. Uh, I think the you know the closest to me is like seven years in in the office setting. We've got some guys that are my age that are uh, that are in the field and uh, they've got a lot of experience. Don't get me wrong, but 
or they've got a lot to offer. Don't get me wrong, but in an office setting, I'm, I am by far the youngest by at least seven years. Uh, and even after that, there's like a seven year gap between the next two that are close to my age. And then as far as office personnel, uh, that that's in our office, it would, it's probably another 10 years after that. Uh, I, I would, I would be willing to say that, it, um, there's a, a seven year gap t- between me and the next oldest. And then there's a 10 year gap between them and the next person. So there's like a 17 year gap, uh, between me and most of, of management, uh, at, at the company that I work at. And, you know, sometimes I like to, uh, I like to have conversations with people. Uh, you know, that's, that's why I started this is I like to have conversations and, you know, my views and my opinions aren't always the, uh, the popular views and opinions. And, you know, some people don't like to think as hard as I do about things. And that's not always a bad thing. I think a little bit too hard about things. Sometimes I go a little bit too deep when I, when it probably doesn't warrant going deep, but occasionally if, if the opportunity presents itself for me to have a conversation with one of these more seasoned folk, uh, I, I try to take it. And, you know, a lot of people say that, uh, these conversations aren't worth having in a, in a workplace or with people that you don't, uh, that aren't in your circle, things like that. I think that's a lot of BS. Uh, a lot of people say that, you know, these arguments are pointless if you're not going to change anybody's mind. I don't, I, I don't subscribe to that. I don't care if you, if you know that you're not going to change their mind. I think it's an excellent exercise, uh, to, to have a good, um, obviously cordial discussion, uh, if number one, just to test your talking points, because it's difficult to present an idea that you think is, uh, that, that is somewhat controversial or a hot topic or a deep talk topic. Uh, it's difficult to present those. And so I typically take a, a lot of chance, a lot of opportunities that I get. Now I don't jump on every one of them, but if I see an opportunity to have a good, uh, a good deep discussion with somebody, even though they may not be, you know, that level of friend to me, I tend to, I tend to take that opportunity. Uh, and sometimes I'll even push the conversation in that direction, uh, just, you know, to see where their head's at. Maybe I can say something that, that changes their mind or I can learn something from them. Uh, and then again, if, if nothing else, I get to test my ability to talk about those things. So, uh, for example, this, this conversation that I had, it was with two, uh, two of my coworkers. One of them had been married for like 30 years and he's like 50 something. I don't know. He maybe he's, I know he's not 60 something, but I think he's like 53 or something like that. Uh, the other one I think is like in his forties who, um, he had had a, a marriage before. Uh, I think he got divorced at like 10 after 10 years of marriage and then dated for eight years and, uh, got married again. Obviously I'm not going to say any names, but uh, I was I was having a conversation with these two guys. It was mostly the one uh, that, that had been married for like thirty some odd years. Uh, he was he was the main topic of the conversation, and I'm not going to say what the conversation was about because well I, I'll say what it was about. It was about uh, it was about marriage and and sex in marriage, uh, which again isn't always a great work topic to discuss. But uh, I believe that men need to be discussing these things, and uh, you know business is is personal whether you like it or not. A lot of these people. Uh, the only real relationships that they have outside of their family are at work. And so if I see a good opportunity, uh, I'm going to talk about these things because this is, this is how we live our life. So, um, I'm not, I'm not going to, let me put it this way. I'm not going to back down from conversations like that just because of the nature of the conversation. Uh, there are things I won't say there, are, you know, are topics that I won't really discuss, uh, in great detail, obviously, um, at work, but, uh, there's there's no topic above above conversation at any time or place, so um, 
so anyway, we were talking about marriage and sex, and as as all of y'all know, I've only been as all of y'all know, I've only been married for two years. Um, the <laughs> uh, they had made a comment that every marriage, uh, every woman in a marriage does X, Y, and Z. And my comment back to them was like, I don't, I don't think that's correct. I don't, I don't think that's right at all. And then the other guy backed him up on that and saying, yeah, that's true. And I I was like, okay, here's an opportunity that I can stand my ground, that I can talk about the things that I believe in with uh, sort of an adversarial position. You know, when I bring people on the podcast, there's not a whole lot of people that disagree with me that I have on the podcast. I mean, eventually some point I may get somebody on here that disagrees with me, but uh, I see my job, you know, on the podcast uh, is to have curate good conversations that I think benefit, uh, that benefit the people that listen. So if I think somebody's full of shit, I'm not just going to bring them on to, <laughs> you know, I'm not just going to bring them on uh, to spew their shit out to y'all. Uh, if I think that they're incorrect, I'm not really going to bring them on to, to have that conversation just for that purpose. Now, there's been a lot of people on here that I kind of disagree with, but I think they have a lot to offer and we have those conversations. But anyway, um, I said, okay, here's a chance to have kind of an adversarial conversation, uh, not adversarial, but just in a conversation in which the other person staunchly disagrees. They think it's one way. Uh, they've been doing it for 30 years. I think it's this way and it's only going to be this way. Uh, I got another guy over here that's been doing it for 18 years and he thinks it's this way. I've got, you know, a combined 48 years of experience or whatever that is saying that it's this way. And I really, truly believe that it's not. Um, and so we had the conversation and I tried to, you know, argue the merits of my point uh, from a, I guess, sociological and, and philosophical standpoint of, hey, uh, I don't have much experience to call on. You know, I've only been married for two years, but I do have an experience to call on. Uh, you know, I've only ever had one wife, <laughs> but I have an experience to call on and I know what my experience is like. And at the very least, you know, you're telling me that it's 100% this way or 100% that way. I know it's not 100% your way uh, because I maybe I'm the 99.99999 ninth uh, percentile of that and maybe I'm just extremely lucky. But either way, uh, I know it's not that way and you're not going to tell me that, you know, oh, don't believe your lying eyes. It is this way. Uh, you know, you're not going to tell me don't believe your lying eyes. Uh, your wife will behave like this eventually, or your wife uh, behaves like this and you don't see it. Uh, I wasn't really gonna gonna stand. I wasn't just gonna like roll over. You know, I'm not just gonna say, okay, yeah, you're right. I wanted to have the conversation, and quickly we got into the conversation, and there there wasn't much. We we were able to talk about our experiences, and that was really valuable. You know, they they shared a few uh, circumstances that they had been in, a few situations that they had been in with their wife that were not ideal, and that you could definitely tell hurt them and affected them. Uh, and you know, it's hard for a lot of guys to admit is that you know it hurt them and affected them. And so they were giving me a little bit of their experiences, but as far as um, making an argument or, or stating their opinion on like a uh, I guess a sociological or, or a psychological from a psychological standpoint of hey uh, maybe like a relationship building standpoint of hey maybe this is how I could have done it better this is how she could have done it better uh, they, they weren't trying to do that they were just simply saying well this was my experience this is immediately what I took from that um, and this is the way it's going to be uh, in every relationship because they know so many people that are <laughs> that have had this experience that this this is the way it must be and it, 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 it came to a point to where I, I knew they were wrong. 
Like I knew they were wrong. I've talked to plenty of people that have plenty of experience. I've read plenty of books uh, that talk about these things. And I knew that they were wrong. I knew that what they were saying was wrong. And there was a, there was kind of a point of no return. And I said, you know, I I kept making the arguments that I was trying to make and I kept trying to put it in a way that they might understand it and, uh, kept trying to ask earnest questions to where they might come to the, to the conclusion themselves. And it just wasn't working. And it ended up when we kind of ended at an impasse where they realized that they really didn't have much to say to refute my claims. Uh, they really kind of waved me off and they were like, Oh yeah, uh, you'll learn later. You know, over time they were like, you don't know any, they literally, um, which it's okay. Like I, I wasn't offended, but, uh, they were like, yeah, you don't know anything yet. They were like, you, you've only been married two years. You don't have a clue yet. You don't know anything yet. Um, y'all are still kind of dumb kids. Uh, you know, you'll be miserable eventually is basically what, <laughs> basically what they were, they were trying to say is you'll be miserable eventually. And, uh, a co- they actually said, uh, man, this guy reads too many damn books. <laughs> and I just, I just had to laugh. Um, I just had to laugh. And, you know, what, what was funny is that I really did learn a lot from that conversation. Uh, you know, I learned a lot about what not to do, but even in that conversation where I feel like they were, they were in the wrong, I learned some good tips. Like they weren't 100% completely in the wrong. And so, uh, where a lot of people would have walked away from that conversation, a lot of people would not have had that conversation, uh, at work, especially people my age would not have had that conversation at work, uh, with people that are older than them. They would have shied away from that. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about what not to do. Uh, that's, that's for sure. Uh, I learned a lot about how to argue my point about how to say, Hey, look, uh, what's what's going to work with this argument and what's not going to work with this argument. Uh, and then I actually learned a few things to do. Uh, I learned that, you know, I learned a, a few things that, that they were right on. Uh, and I, I took stock of that and I said, you know, uh, at least these guys do this, this, and this. And I said, that is something that I know is right. That's something that I know is true. Uh, and I learned that, you know, um, how do I put this? I just, I got positive things from the conversation. I definitely did. Uh, and even, like I said, a lot of those were what not to do. <laughs> um, but what, what made their argument not very convincing is that they were lying so, relying solely on the fact that, hey, I've been in a relationship this long. I don't really have much success to show off of it. Uh, you know, other than, yeah, I've been in this relationship for this long. But it's like, well, you know, show me the fruits of your relationship. Don't just show me that the tree has been there uh, for 20 years. Show me that the tree has been producing fruit. Um, Yeah, you've had kids, you've had this and that. Uh, But show me that the tree is producing fruits because right now it seems the tree seems pretty miserable. And now I don't just want to attack these two guys. If they were ever to listen to this, they're going to know who they are. Uh, and, and I really appreciate them having the conversations with me. Uh, and you know, I left the conversation, I think in a good spot and I said, Hey, look, I think you're wrong. Uh, but we'll see. And I told him, I said in 20 years, you know, I, I was given one of them hell. I was like, I hope you're still around, but, uh, if, if you're still around in 20 years, we'll compare notes and we'll see, you know, when I've finally got the 20 years of experience that, uh, you know, appears to be the only way that you're going to give my, my argument any credit, uh, after that 20 years of experience, then we'll have the conversation. Uh, and it, it, again, it ended well, but this can happen for anything where a lot of people, um, 
they tend to just rely on time uh, to to back their arguments. They say, well, I've been doing it for this long. Well, I've got 20 years of experience. Well, I've got uh, 10 years of experience doing this. Or, well, I've done this and you haven't. It's not even like I've got 10 years of experience. It's like, well, I've done this and you haven't. Um, there is value in experience. I'm not going to sit here and say that there's no value in experience. Uh, if, you know, let's say that I have a problem with the way uh, a mother is conducting herself with her child and she says well you're not even a woman uh, you have absolutely no idea uh, what women deal with uh, that is a very very poor way to conduct your argument if it is engineering and you say well i've been an engineer for 30 years okay and so we're just going to do it this way that is a very poor way to conduct your argument you need to search very 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 hard for other reasons that your argument is superior and more correct more true than the other argument facing you. I don't care how many years of experience you have. What that is, is that's pride and ego. That's what that is. And again, don't tell me, or I'm not telling you that I haven't done this. Uh, you know, DLN, DLN doesn't cook. I do cook. I cook a lot. I cook every, almost every day for her. Uh, there are times where she'll come to me with something like, Hey, you should do this this way. And I'm like, why are you even like, how dare you? You know, like, how dare you? You don't even cook. You can't cook. And it's it's total and complete ego and arrogance. You know, I've been cooking for this long and you don't even cook. Uh, it's complete ego and arrogance. That's that's 100% what it is. And you should, at the very least, stop to give their argument uh, credence. And here's here's the thing. If, if you have been doing it that long and you are that smart, you should have the tools and the resources to back up your argument uh, without mentioning how long you've been doing something or just the fact that you have done something. Um, you know, the the worst arguments are built upon, well, I'd, I've done this and you haven't, or, well, I've served this amount of time and you haven't. The worst arguments are built upon that. You should never have to bring that up for an argument. So that's kind of what I wanted to share. Uh, it, it goes into a lot of things like, um, un unsolicited advice. You know, a lot of people know that I'm a fan of giving unsolicited advice uh, a little bit too often, occasionally. Um, yeah, quite often. A lot of people don't like it because I give unsolicited advice, uh, pretty frequently. Uh, and I've, and I've, I've figured out ways to not do it and not be so abrasive with it. Uh, and to, and to try to understand when, when the solicited advice is going to help or when it's going to hurt, uh, because, you know, if, if I can tell somebody's just not in a place to receive the advice, no matter what golden advice I may give them, it's not going to help. Um, but I, I do think that having unsolicited advice or giving unsolicited advice and having unsolicited conversations, uh, is advantageous. And I think that if you're directly opposed to that, if you're directly opposed to having those conversations or listening to that un unsolicited advice, to me, that tells me that you have an ego problem. And a lot of this comes from Jocko, but, that tells me that you have an ego problem. Uh, if you don't like unsolicited advice, well, you don't know my life. Uh, well, how could you know what's best for me? How could you know what, what is best, you know, the best decision for me to make right now? Well, I don't know. Maybe because 98% of the attributes that we share are the same. <laughs> like 98% of our attributes are exactly the same. Uh, maybe maybe that's why maybe we're both uh, maybe we're both men. Maybe we both grew up in West Texas. Maybe we both went to the same high school. Uh, maybe we both listened to the same music. Maybe 98% of our lives, other than our names and, you know, minute details about who we're friends with and stuff like that, maybe those are the only things that are different. That are different. And maybe I might have a unique perspective uh, in, into your life. And maybe I might be... Um, 
you know, six stories up watching you trying to run this maze. Maybe I'm not emotionally connected to the maze that you're running right now. And maybe I can offer you a perspective that you're not seeing. Uh, it's extremely arrogant to ignore something like unsolicited advice or, you know, it would be extremely arrogant, uh, if I were to say, man, these old guys have nothing to offer me in the way of marriage. Uh, you know, not even willing to have the conversation because these old guys have nothing to offer me. It would be extremely arrogant and extremely egotistical, uh, which is why I tried to have the conversation. And I really tried to find something that was correct in there. Um, I know I'm rambling a little bit. Uh, maybe I've, I've beat, uh, the proverbial horse to death, but the, the point of it is to make sure that your arguments and your opinions stand on their own two feet. Make sure that, the, that your arguments and your opinions can be made despite uh, the, the years of experience you've got or maybe the unique circumstances that you've got in your life. If, if your argument uh, and your opinion stands on you know wholly unique circumstances in your life, uh, it's probably not a great argument uh, because it can't be related to anybody else. So... Um, I, th- I think that's the main point. I feel like I'm leaving something on the table. Uh, you know what? We're only at 20 minutes. Let's, uh, let's talk about unsolicited advice a little bit more. Um, you know, I, I want to have some other people on to talk about this as well. But uh, like I said, I, I have been known to give unsolicited advice a little bit too often. I'm not going to deny that. And a lot of times it's been wrong. You know, my buddy, uh, I won't say his name because I think he does kind of get a little bit irritated with me saying his name too much on the podcast, but, uh, my buddy bought a house and, uh, that was <laughs> number one. And I'm not going to make any excuses, but, uh, I was going through a lot, uh, when he was, you know, buying that house. Um, not because he was buying the house, but it was, it was just a tough time as well. Um, for, for me. And, uh, I was completely not, um, I didn't factor in the way he might feel, uh, about me, about my words. I never really factored in the way he might feel, uh, when, when I came around and started talking, that wasn't something that I was thinking about at the time with anybody really, but I did, I didn't ever really cared much about how my words and my actions affected other people. You know, I did to a certain level. I wasn't a complete, what do they call them? Sociopaths or something like that. But, um, it wasn't on the forefront of my mind of, Hey, how, how is what I say, what I say going to affect him? Um, and you know, it it sucked because I think what he really wanted, he didn't want advice on how to buy a house. He didn't want advice on when to buy a house. He didn't want advice on which house to buy. He wanted me to be excited because he was making a, you know, a big boy decision and, and buying a house. And, you know, I don't, I don't know whether, uh, this, this, this is kind of arrogance or maybe wishful thinking on my part, but I would like to think that he looked up to me in a, in a couple of different ways. Uh, because, you know, I was the first of the friends to buy a house and, you know, maybe instead of what he wanted, instead of advice, instead of, uh, me telling him that the decision he was making wasn't great or, uh, offering alternate viewpoints, maybe what he wanted was, uh, this guy that, you know, did some things before he did. Maybe he wanted him to be excited and I was not as excited as what I should have been. And it really sucked. You know, it really sucked. Our, our friendship went through like a three to four month lull, uh, after he, he got that house and his circumstances changed and we weren't seeing him quite as often. Our friendship went through a little bit of a lull and it took some time for us to, uh, to grow apart and then grow back together, uh, by me realizing, Hey, maybe he doesn't need, uh, my advice 24 seven. 
and you know it sucks so i i say all that to to acknowledge the fact that unsolicited advice can do damage it really can uh, unsolicited advice can hurt people it can uh, unsolicited advice can make you look like an asshole i know for a fact <laughs> um i know for a fact it can so uh this is a dichotomy this is what we call nuance to where when i when i stand for unsolicited advice or unsolicited conversations, when I say that they're a good thing, when I say that you should be having them, I obviously mean that they need to be done with tact and they need to be done at the right place at the right time. But what I won't stand for is these people that that try to say that, you know, uh, you shouldn't offer unsolicited advice. I think that's ignorant. Uh, these people that say that, oh, I never really pay attention to unsolicited advice because they don't know me. They don't know my life. Uh, they don't know what's going on in my life. That's ignorant. And it's very egotistical. You know, we talk about the Monday morning quarterback. Uh, we talk about... We talk about the, uh, <laughs> you know, the guy in the stands. Well, you're in the stands. You're not even on the field. What what do you have to say about what we're doing here? And in a lot of in a lot of points, that's correct. You know, there's nothing much. I, I can't really stand being around a sports fan that just constantly criticizes the coach or the team uh, or the players. And now I've been this guy. And a lot of times I do it for fun. And a lot of times I just. You know, you're talking shit, and that's what it is. But I can't, I, I really can't stand being around somebody for an extended period of time that actually thinks that the coach is a moron based on what they see on the TV. Um, I really don't like that. <laughs> um, that's where unsolicited advice goes just a little bit too far. It's like, dude, you're not in the locker room, you're not on the field. Uh, what do you, you don't have any clue what's actually going on. But also, but also, there may be that one guy in the stands, there may be that one guy in the stands. That comes down on the field after after the game and says, "Hey man, uh, did you see that you could have done that there? Did you see that he wasn't lined up like this? That may be the only dude that that actually caught that at the second. And yeah, he was in the stands. Is he on the field? No. Okay. Is he on the sidelines? No. He's forty foot up, looking at the whole thing from from over top. There's a reason that you don't film game film on cam on helmets." There's a reason that you don't set everybody up on GoPros and uh, film, ga film game film on cameras or on helmets. Sorry, I apologize. There's a reason that you don't do POV game film. I'm sure some people might, and I'm sure it may be helpful in some circumstances. Uh, but there's a reason that you take game film from way up top. It's so that you can see all the aspects of the play at one time. Um this is this is directly at Jocko. This is called detachment. Uh, it's directly from Jocko. Uh, you are emotionally attached to what's going on in your scenario right now. They say they don't know me. Uh, they don't know what I'm going through. Exactly, they don't. They're not emotionally attached to what you're going through right now. They're not. They're not in the shit. They're not in the trench fighting that fight that you're supposed to. That you're fighting right now. And so, you know, it would be really nice if you could step back from that and emotionally detach. But at the very least, this person's emotionally, de you know, emotionally detached. This person is watching from the outside at this, tr your train wreck of a life and saying, man, if you just would have hit the brakes three months ago, you know, it wouldn't have been an issue. They are detached from your perspective. And that's why unsolicited advice is so valuable. That's why when somebody comes up to me and says, Hey man, have you tried doing this? What they say may be the dumbest shit to ever come out of somebody's mouth. Their their unsolicited advice may be absolutely completely stupid, but I still need to give it some level of credence because they're detached. I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of a of a decent example. I can think of plenty of examples uh, when people don't know 
don't know anything about like bow hunting or something like that and they'll try to recommend something and uh i just i just have to say yeah man thanks they are they're detached you know they're detached and they're they're too detached i guess they're too detached that they don't have any clue about bow hunting and they don't have any decent recommendations but i'm at least thankful that they want to help um where do, where where do I, i'm completely so far off my my map that i had for myself that i apologize if i'm rambling but uh this is my soapbox so uh just go away if you don't like it i guess um I know I'm rambling. They, they, they may be a little bit too detached to where they can't actually be of any use, or uh, they may not be in the same mindset. They may be detached, but they don't have the same game plan. Uh, you know, let's talk about, I like to put my hammer, I like to put the hammer down on things, uh, bow hunting, podcasting. Uh, there's no, to me, there's no world where I don't do 100% my best at the things that I try to do. I want to be a, a mega podcast host. I want to make this, this show big because I want it to help a lot of people. Uh, and to me, that means not taking a step back from it. To me, that means hammering, you know, putting the hammer down, releasing two episodes a day, doing everything I can to get it where it needs to go. Same thing with my bow hunting. Uh, you know, I, I don't, um, I don't want to take a step back from bow hunting. That's not me. Uh, what what I need to do is I need to keep hammering, keep getting after it. Do I need to make adjustments? Yeah, sure. Uh, are there weeks that I don't shoot my bow so that I can handle other things? Yeah, sure. But you know, some people come into my life and they'll say, "Well, you know, maybe you need to take a step back, or uh, maybe that's just not the thing, or maybe you keep that as a as a hobby." Uh, no, that's that's not what we're doing. They're they're not they don't have the same game plan as I do, so it's hard for them to offer unsolicited advice because the game plan is completely different. I hope you're I hope you're getting what I'm saying here. Uh, the the moral of this story is. Uh, I guess the, the sub moral of the story is don't completely turn your nose up to unsolicited advice. If somebody comes to you with advice on a topic that you didn't ask them for, uh, stop being an egotistical asshole and hear them out. Uh, you know, understand that they might be right. The last point I'll make on this is that I never offered unsolicited advice maliciously. It didn't happen once. There was not one time where I said, you know, it's really going to piss him off uh, if I tell him that his uh, the the per, the percentage on his loan is a little bit too high. Uh, you know, the interest on his loan is a little bit too high. That's really going to piss him off, and that I'm going to enjoy the hell out of that. No. What I was thinking was, man, I wonder if he knows that, you know, 8% interest is a little bit high on a house, and that, you know, if he waits and lets things cool down, he might be able to get one. I may be completely wrong on that. 8% may be exactly what he needs to take. Okay. And he may not want to care. He may not care at all what I had to say about his fucking interest rate. He may not care. Okay. But there was never once that I said, or that I, that I told somebody, Hey man, uh, you know, this, this diet that you're on, I don't really think it's right. It was never just to piss somebody off. It was never malicious. 99.99999% of the time, it was because I cared about that person, I thought that they were making a mistake, and I thought that by saying something, I could help them. That is why I offered unsolicited advice. That is why I still offer unsolicited advice. If I say something to you, I'm not saying I'm right, I'm not saying that makes it worth any, any other, I'm not saying that makes it worth anything at all. It may be dog shit advice. It may be completely awful. But you need to at least acknowledge that when somebody is offering you unsolicited advice, it's because they think that they can help you. It's it's not to piss you off. It's not to annoy you. It's not because their ego is so big. Well, it could be that their ego is so big that you need to be. They think you need to be doing things their way. Uh, but still, 
That is in an effort to help you, not to make you worse. Okay? They think that they are helping you. Okay? Yes. Is their ego a little bit too big sometimes? 100%. You know, perpetrator number one, right here. Asshole number one, right here. My ego gets too big. I think I know what's right for people, and it might not be. I acknowledge that. Never once did I do it out of malice. Never once do I do it out of malice. You know, I want to tell a story. Uh, I've been deadlifting for like two years, okay? Um, I've been deadlifting for a while. I kind of know how the deadlift is supposed to work. I know exactly how the deadlift is supposed to look, okay? I can sit here, and if somebody deadlifts in front of me, I can tell them what they're doing wrong like 80% of the time. I know what a good deadlift looks like, okay? I know what a good clean looks like, honestly, I could tell you whether it's a good clean or a bad clean. I could tell you, oh, he, you know, spread his feet out when he came up to the top. He jumped out, and that's not good. Um, oh, he uh, he had his, his ass up a little bit too high when he started the pull. He needs to pull a little bit more with his legs. Oh, I can tell you that he uh, wasn't getting under the bar good enough, or he didn't get his elbows up. He wasn't uh, his 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 jerk wasn't high enough um, to get up under the bar. I can I can tell these things. I don't have the terms for them, but I know what a good clean looks like. I know what a good deadlift looks like. Um, doesn't mean that I have the ability to tell when I'm doing a good or a bad deadlift uh, 100% of the time. Uh, but I have every every ability to tell somebody, hey, I'm good. Thanks. Uh, I've been doing... I've been doing CrossFit for a while. Yes, I know the memes. I get it. I've been lifting for a while. I have every ability to tell somebody, no, thanks. I'm good. I'm going to keep with my current form. Um the other day I was deadlifting and I thought I had my deadlift down, man. I thought that it was decent. I thought that I was getting my butt a little bit low enough. I have a really, really hard time with my knees. This is not an excuse, but I have a really hard time with my knees in the way that they are. My legs are very, very weak, uh, because I can't squat. <laughs> I mean, I literally cannot barbell squat. Uh, I can't squat past parallel. So it's really, really hard for me to gain strength in my legs. Uh, anything past, I mean, honestly, uh, I barely get my butt down and I lose uh, probably 60% of my strength. Um, let me put it this way. I can RDL because uh, apparently that's what I was doing was Romanian deadlifts, not regular deadlifts. Uh, I can RDL 315 pounds. Uh, when I try to do it real with my butt down, when somebody corrects me on it, uh, my max is maybe 285. If, if even that probably like, I think the highest I've gone, uh, with actually getting my butt down is like 255. My legs are just weak. And I thought I was deadlifting good. I thought I was making progress. I thought I was getting my butt down far enough. Well, my good buddy, Chase Christie, uh, I wasn't in a physical therapy session. Uh, he wasn't the CrossFit coach. He wasn't, uh, in any position to tell me how to deadlift other than the fact that he knew I was doing it wrong. Other than the fact that he cares about me, he cares about my lower back, uh, he cares about my physical progress, and he cares about me as a friend, uh, Chase Christie walked over there and said, hey man, um, your, your, your butt's just a little bit too high, dude. Uh, this was on a random ass Sunday, and he corrected me. And instantly, I said, damn it. <laughs> instantly, I was like, I thought I had it. Uh, and I, I really, really appreciated him correcting me. It was unsolicited advice. You know, he's a physical therapist. Uh, he has every, he knows more than I do, but it was unsolicited advice. I didn't ask for it. And there was a thought, a thought there for a second of how do you know? Like, like, who are you? You know, there was a thought there and I immediately crushed it and said, oh no, that's Chase Christie. That's my friend. That's Dr. Chase Christie. 
that's the guy that is detached. He's literally detached. Uh, literally, he can see my ass too high off the ground. I can't see my ass. Can't see my own ass. There's no mirrors. Not videoing it. He can see my ass too high off the ground, and he can tell me to bring it down. That is how you need to approach every single situation with unsolicited advice. If Chase Christie came and said, hey, man, I need you to round your back a little bit. Uh, let's throw 315 on there, and then let's round your back uh, while you deadlift. I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna gonna approach it like that. I'm going to say, man, this guy's a physical, physical therapist. What is he trying to say? Oh, no, that's complete bullshit information. Like, I'm not going to take that. Okay, but I at least pr- approach it with an open mind. Um, you need to at least approach it with an open mind. I would much rather you... I would much rather you acknowledge the advice, try to take it, try to see if it's going to work, and then push it away versus just pushing away every single bit of unsolicited advice that you get. So anyway, guys, I think I've beaten this horse uh, beyond death. We're going to sum this up as uh, make sure that your arguments and your opinions stand on their own two feet. Make sure that they stand on their own two feet and make sure that when you get unsolicited advice, you accept that as... uh, you accept that as help and you give it the credence that it deserves because you might be wrong and they might be right. I think I've beaten that horse to death. Uh, to end that, we're going to do the I was wrong segment. Uh, how was I wrong? I've got a few things listed here uh, that I was wrong about that um, that I need to, to change my uh, that I've needed to change my perspective on uh, in the past. With that being said, we're going to start on living together before marriage. Uh, I've always been back and forth on this issue. Uh, I've always kind of teetered the fence a little bit. I've always said, eh, I don't know. Um, it worked out for me. I lived together with DLM before marriage. Uh, I always kind of had the cop out of, oh, I think you need to be uh, super committed to one another before you live together. Uh, well, I've changed my opinion on that. I think that you, I think that marriage is an institution. Uh, marriage, in the best way, is walls around your relationship that you can't get out of and that people can't get into. Um, I think you're setting up boundaries outside of your relationship that you cannot step out of. Uh, that you, if you do marriage right, and if you agree that marriage is a covenant uh, between you and your wife and God. Uh, if you agree on that, then this is saying that, hey, there's no way out. Uh, we're putting up walls around us. It's it's <laughs> um, it's less like a prison and more like a castle. Um, I don't know if that's the right terminology for it, uh, but that's what it is. Is We're saying, no, there is no way out. There's no way out of this. We have to make it work. And very recently, within probably the last, I want to say it was the Cade Carter episode, so like December or January, I finally said, you know what? No, I think that's right. I think that you should have the institution of marriage uh, around you before you before you live together. And then a lot of people say, well, we're just not ready for marriage and this and that, and it's, it's so much better just to live together, or you need to make sure that you can live with this person before you get married to them for the rest of your life. No, no, no. What you need to make sure is that they have similar values as you. You need to make sure that they value truth, that they value honesty, that they're a faithful person. You need to make sure that they uh, want to have kids like you do. You may need to make sure that they want to raise kids like you do. Uh, you need to make sure that they want to do finances like you do, or at least that you can work together and do finances a certain way. 
Okay, you need to make sure that they're going to be committed to you for the rest of your life. That's what you need to make sure of. You don't need to make sure that they fold the fucking towels right. That's not what you need to do. Uh, it's it, it, it becomes very clear uh, when you think about it of if you have this institution of marriage around you, those things will work themselves out. If you have difficult conversations before you get married, uh, then living with another person is just another difficult conversation that you're going to have to get through. If you take ownership of these issues, if you and your wife take ownership of these issues when you go to live together, you'll very you'll have very few of them. Okay, that's what you need to make sure of. It doesn't. You don't need to make sure that you can live with them before you get married. Uh, that you can inha- that you can cohabitate with them before you get married. Okay, uh, cohabitation is not a primary concern when you get married. What is a concern is how do we feel on these big hot button topics uh, that ruin marriages, money, uh, religion, finances, family. Okay, health and fitness. I'm forgetting my own little uh, my own criteria. Uh, religion, money, family, health and fitness, substance abuse. Those are the things that you need to get right. Okay, uh, then you need to get married. You need to put that institution around you, and then you need to go and and start living together. Living together is tough. Okay, and I understand the the appeal for some people to say, oh, um, let's get this tough part over with before we sign over our lives together. Okay. Before I, before I jump into this, uh, before I 100% commit to this person for the rest of my life, let's get one of these tough milestones over with and make sure that I can do it. Um, you know, make sure that I'm willing to live with them for the rest of my life. Make sure I still have an, an out. Okay. Well, the problem is that having that out is probably one of the primary reasons that people don't make it through that phase. Having that out is one of the primary reasons that people don't uh, shut up and get over themselves and learn how to live with another person. I, 100%. If if they would have gotten married, I would I would if they would have gotten married and they would have been committed to that person for the rest of their lives, they would have had to have worked it out. Okay, that's the idea. Does it work like that 100% of the time? No, no, it doesn't. Are there a lot of couples that live together before they're married and they have a lot of success? Yes. Yes, there are. Okay. Uh, correlation, not causation. Okay. 100% correlation, not causation. I'll say for DLN and myself, uh, the reason that it worked out with us living together is because we were already in a state of, hey, this is going to last forever. And I wasn't willing to give up on that. Neither was she. Neither of us were willing to give up on that. Okay. And so we were able to work those things out when we lived together. All right. Uh, but correlation doesn't equal causation. And I guarantee you that some of those things might've been easier, uh, if we had just been married. Okay. Uh, the other caveat onto that is that, um, if your life is moving quickly enough for you to live together, it's moving quickly enough for you to be married. Let me put it that way. Um, if you're saying, oh, well, rent's due and this and that, and uh, we need to live together uh, because of the circumstances and life's moving this quick and uh, it's just going to be better, but we're just not ready to be married yet. Okay, well, then you're not ready to live together yet or you're ready to be married. Okay, either you're putting marriage off for some reason uh, or you're moving too fast. One of the two. Um, and I know the finances may not be there to pay for a wedding. Well, maybe that means that you don't need a big ass wedding. Okay. All right. Uh, maybe that means that you need to do a smaller wedding. Maybe that means that uh, you need to trim it down. Maybe it means that you need to do a smaller wedding and then a bigger wedding later. Or it means that you just don't need to live together. Okay. Um, I think people need to get married a lot quicker than they think that they do. I think that um, 
you know, they haven't had the, maybe their, their, their relationship, uh, it's gone on long enough and they haven't had those difficult conversations. Uh, maybe they haven't had those difficult conversations enough for them to be confident getting married, but there is a next step that needs to be taken. It's like, okay, well, we've been doing this for so long. There needs to be another step taken of, of commitment, you know, make me more than just a girlfriend. We've been dating for a year and a half, uh, make me more than just a girlfriend, but neither of us have had these hard conversations. So we don't want to sign our lives away to one another. Uh, let's just get an apartment lease. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is not a good way to go. Anyway, I'm not here to debate the merits of that, but simply to say, uh, that I was wrong on that, uh, that it, my attitude has completely changed that you should not live together before marriage. Um, now, yeah, that's that's what I'm gonna say. I was wrong on that. You should not live together before marriage. I don't I don't believe that you should. Same thing goes with sex before marriage. Um, it's it's difficult, and I'm just laughing at myself, thinking about trying to tell myself this uh, at at the age of 17 or 16, uh, saying, "Hey, you shouldn't do this." I mean, I knew it was a thing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but I'm just laughing uh, at the at the concept of telling young men this. Uh, but it works out. Uh, it, it, it's better. Um, it's better. And, you know, let me put it this way. Uh, if you really want somebody to not have sex before marriage, help them figure out how to build a good marriage quicker. Okay. If you're a parent out there and you don't want your kid to have sex before marriage, then you damn well better be making sure that this girl that you're, that they're dating, you're helping them build a married life. Okay. You're helping them have these difficult conversations. Okay, you're saying this is the girl you've chosen. I'm going to do everything I can to reasonably help you make this work so that you can get married in a year or two years. Okay, and so that you can go and do those things that you want to do as a young kid. Maybe it's not the right fit. Okay, well, you need to be forcing those, not forcing, but maybe you know it's not the right fit with this girl. Well, maybe you need to be having those difficult conversations with them. Okay, maybe you need to come at it not from an arrogant point of view, not from a we know more than y'all do point of view. Maybe you need to say, hey, we really want y'all to work it out together, even if you know it's not the right fit. If you know this girl isn't great, say, hey, we really want y'all to work this out together. We want y'all to be good together. Uh, Let's have these conversations. And I know it's difficult. I know it's not easy. I know I'm not a parent. I know a lot of you are going to laugh, parents listening to this, uh, and say, you have no idea. Uh, well, yeah, listen to the first part of the, of the episode. Um, make sure you tuned into that because, uh, I do know, uh, for a fact that there are a lot of ways that parents can do better, uh, making sure that their kids' relationships are healthy. Um, if you don't want your kids to have sex before marriage, maybe you make sure that, uh, they're trying to get married. Okay. That's, that's pretty plain and simple. Uh, but that was something that I was wrong on. Uh, I do think that sex is is meant for marriage and strictly on the basis of what is at risk when you have sex with somebody else. Uh, the emotional connection that's at risk, the obviously physical circumstances that come from sex, uh, there's a lot on the line there. And once again, with the living together thing, uh, I think that marriage, putting those walls up around you and saying, okay, we're in here. Um, you know, I, I think of the, uh, they broke the dome anyway, so it's kind of a bad analogy, but the hunger games dome of like, we can't leave. Okay. We're here. Uh, so we need to, we need to make the best of it and make it work. They broke the dome. So it's a bad analogy. I get it. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but we're here, so we need to make it work. Um, I think that that's what sex is meant for. So that's how I was wrong 
Let's see. What other ways have I been wrong? That may be the only two ever. Um, yeah, I think there's only two things that I've been wrong about ever in my life. Uh, the other ones just aren't coming to mind. Um, yeah. What other ways? I know I had like three or four. I just forgot to write them down. Sorry, guys. I know I sound like an ass. Uh, there's been plenty of ways that I've been wrong. Uh, date night. I did that. I, I talked about that one on the One Flesh podcast. Uh, weekly date nights. I did I did talk about that. Um, finances. Th- this is an area that uh, I really suck at uh, is, is finances and like spending. Um, not that I've been wrong, just that I'm bad at it. Uh, there's no, I, I haven't really taken just very large, uh, financial opinions, especially on the podcast. I'm just kind of bad at it, guys. I spend a lot of money, uh, save up your money. Yeah. Save your money. Uh, get out of debt pretty quick. Not that I'm in just a lot of suffocating debt. Uh, not really at all. I mean, I've, I'm in a lot better position than a lot of people are. Uh, but I've been wrong about finances before. Let's see. I'm sorry, guys. There was another one that I was going to acknowledge that me being wrong on and I completely blanked on it. But anyway, guys, uh, it's important to do that. And I think I'm going to bring back the I was wrong segment uh, quite often because I'm wrong about things a lot. Um, I'll never admit it. Uh, You're never going to. Well, I guess I am going to admit I'm going to make a whole segment about admitting it uh, that I was wrong, but uh, I don't like it. I don't like being wrong. The only silver lining of being wrong is that I get to be right again. So uh, now I'm right about uh, not living together before marriage, and that makes me happy because I'm right, and I want to be right. So anyway, guys, uh, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I know it's just a lot of me rambling. I appreciate you listening to it. It's just me talking into a microphone unprepared. Um, I hope that it somewhat fills your day. Uh, I wish that you all had better things to do. I wish you were out uh, fulfilling your purpose, finding and fulfilling your purpose. Why are you listening to me? Go find and fulfill your purpose. Uh, Why are you listening to me ramble into a microphone? Anyway, guys, (laughs) I hope that it was beneficial for y'all. Tune into the One Flesh podcast on Wednesdays. We are going to be having uh, quite a bit more guests in the the coming times. I finally got my guests set up, ready to go. uh, And then my in-studio setup really took a dump. So uh, if if you're the praying type, pray that I can get my shit together with all of this stuff. Because the moment that I get one step ahead, the moment I get one step ahead, it's three steps back uh, in the podcast podcast game. So, um, yeah, be wishing for my success on the podcast if you like it. So anyway, guys, uh, tune in, like, and share on Instagram, rate the podcast. If you don't mind on the Spotify's and the apples, go give it a five star. Uh, if you're going to give it anything less than a five star, don't rate it and text me as what I can do better. Tell me, Hey, I want to give this a three star because of this, this, and this don't actually give me a three star. Okay. Just let me know what I can do better and I'll change it. Thanks guys. Appreciate it.